Welcome. This is Bleacher Blums, a sports podcast for baseball fans. Now here's Dave Tuttle and the Astros' master of banter, Blummer. On like Donkey Kong. What's going on, everybody? Back in Bleacher Blum's territory. We had a bet going last week, and I just want to get this out of the way real quick. We had a bet going on our last podcast, if you listened to it. And oh, by the way, uh, responses on iTunes and all of our podcast downloads have been phenomenal. And I just checked the Social Nostra Network on YouTube. We're up over 10,000 subscribers. And awesome. we are doing pretty consistent as far as views, too. We're getting about, uh, what, uh, what about 1.5, uh, you know, 1,500 views per podcast, which has been fantastic. I'm not sure about the logistics and all the, the statistics as far as YouTube is concerned, but it's been very good. We don't know uh, anything about those numbers. They don't mean anything. We yeah, just, I was going to you know. say. We don't do them for the numbers. We do them for everybody out there watching this podcast right now. So uh, we appreciate that. It's been going well. And again, you can go to bleacherblums.com. You can get your, why are you wearing the Santa Claus shirt, buddy? We just Santa got Claus. the greatest gift of all because our bet was if there was no baseball news, we weren't going to talk baseball at all. But Santa Claus has delivered right here yes. in the middle well. of summer. We have got a little bit of good news, and that's why we get to talk a little bit of baseball. But uh, the podcast is going great on iTunes and all of the other platforms. The Social Noster Network is going great. And now we actually have, I guess you can say it's confirmed, a 60-game season. Tuttle, how are you doing, man? How are things? While Tuttle is talking, I'm at uh, I'm, I'm on, I'm, uh, on vacation. I'm in Lake Havasu City, Arizona, in uh, my in-law's Colton Garage that you can see behind me. He is heavy on the racing side. So... While Tuttle talks, I'm going to keep my AirPods in and pay attention, but I'm going to go get me a brew. All right? Yeah. I'm in his uh, Colton garage. It has a beer tap. Nice. I wish I had a beer tap in my uh, my living room. I'm do- Blummer, I'm doing well. And, yes, the Christmas shirt was in lieu of – not in lieu of in, – in honor of the fact that baseball is supposedly going to have a season. But I think the biggest challenge here is the fact that we don't know what kind of season that will look like. So it might be a little premature for me to put on the old – Christmas shirt. I guess I put the Christmas shirt on before I saw what was uh, what kind of gift we were going to wrap up. So um, we'll obviously discuss that on the podcast today. We're super grateful for all the listeners. Um, you and I should definitely have another mailbag session coming up, maybe in the next month or so. So keep the uh, the mailbag questions coming. But uh, yeah, I'm doing well. I'm not in vacay mode like you, but uh, been working hard. The weather's good. The kids are not driving us crazy yet on summer break. We've got them kind of organized. And I think I mentioned last time we have a routine. We're going to have a like a surf camp, but each kid is going to spend a week with grandma separately, kind of like all good for them, you know, spaced out over the summer since the camps had canceled. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be I'm looking forward to the summer. But uh, the topic at hand, like you mentioned, MLB. Uh, has now agreed to a season, but I, I, I hate to just keep recycling and recycling and recycling. Uh, we talked about ad nauseum that this shouldn't be a collective bargaining agreement, but the most important pieces that they needed to discuss were the logistics. And oh, the, NBA is, the NBA is still working on their logistics. Um, you know, the NFL is now working on logistics and they don't, you know, they're not even in season. Soccer beat us to the punch, and I say us, Major League Baseball. But 
they, um, they, you know, I think there might be some sticking points ahead and I, I don't want to, I'm never the pessimist on this podcast, but as you said, it looks like a 60 game season, but uh, three Colorado Rockies, including Charlie Blackman tested positive for uh, oh, wow. COVID-19 yesterday. And what does that mean and how are we going to move forward? So there's plenty to discuss in regards to the 60 game season. And as I keep reading the news, maybe it's a 58 game season, a 57 game season, a 56 game season. So they're planning on July 23rd, 24th. And I'm sure you have some insight about that. I do. Yeah. I don't have my notes directly in front of me. So I'm going to try and do this off the cuff. And you're right. Uh, total, you know, I basically everything I do is off the cuff. I was, maybe the anybody. notes are, maybe the notes are in the bottom of that cup that you have. Like, wait a second. I was going to say, they're only going to get better the deeper I get into this thing. <laughs> but that being said, you're right. We do have some semblance of what a season is going to be, and it's going to start July 24th. Some of the important dates are, I believe, July 1st to July 3rd are the times that they need these guys to show up and start showing up in their training camps. I know tentative plans have everybody in their home stadiums being able to start up these uh, spring training 2.0s. Uh, there's going to be logistical problems getting guys in from out of the country because uh, the rosters are going to be interesting. So when spring training 2.0 starts up, in theory, now a lot of this stuff is theory. Not a lot has been confirmed. We know there's still ongoing conversations, like Tuttle said, the fluidity of this whole situation. So everything that we're going to talk about, hopefully in this podcast, and you know, next podcast, I would imagine, would have a lot more of the hard confirmed data that you will probably want to know. So we're trying to temper the excitement a little bit of getting this season going. But that being said, with trying to get everybody into these training camps, is that you're going to have a 40-man roster. I think they open it up to everybody on the 40-man, and then you're going to have a 20-man taxi squad. So how does that look in spring training? I know that the Astros have tossed around possibly the idea of having a certain amount of guys at Minute Maid Park, a certain amount of guys at the University of Houston, but there's still so many things to work out logistically like you're talking about, Tuttle. And to your point, I believe that the first proposal as far as all of the protocols and health situations that they're trying to iron out the initial program came out with 65, 67 pages. We are now at 101 pages with that safety protocol. And to your point, these guys are going to get tested basically every other day if they become pot and they're going to get zapped every time they come in with the thermometer coming in and going out. And I believe the threshold is maybe at 100.4 or 100.5. If you have that temperature or higher, you're going to get sent home. You're going to get isolated. You're going to get quarantined. And you're going to get tested to see if you have COVID-19. Now, if you do have COVID-19, you're going to go into strict quarantine. Uh, Did you say 100.4 or 104? 100.4. Thank you. So not 104. 104, you're going to be taken out on a well, journey and put on a ventilator say, or that does not get to, to that point because that could be dangerous. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just, I just want to clarify, you went through that quickly and I was like, yeah, I think 100.4. Yeah, that's, that sounds right. Yeah, I believe that's the number. And if that is the possibility, you're getting sent home immediately and you're going to be quarantined, you're going to be tested. And if you do come up with a positive test, you're not going to sniff anybody for about two weeks. They're going to have particular. Now, again, none of this is confirmed. I believe they're going to have an offsite facility or room or hotel, or I don't know what it is, but they're going to send guys who test positive for that. And they're going to be quarantined in that situation. So that that'll be interesting. And I think Martin Maldonado, uh, you know, a catcher for the Astros said, you know, what happens if this happens on the road? And I believe you're going to fall under that, loca that local team's 
protocol on where they send guys. So it's, it's, there is a lot going on and uh, that will be interesting if that ever happens. And if you do opt out, there's an opt out for each guy who feels if they are a health risk, they have the option to opt out of the 2020 season and they will get full pay. Well, what's left of full pay. And then they will get uh, uh, service time. So they will be protected in that sense. But if you have family members that are high high risk, you're not going to get that if you opt out. So it's kind of a weird scenario where they're trying to figure out, you know, I still think they're trying to figure that out as far as uh, from what I read said that if you have a family member that has it and you opt out, you're not going to get paid. You're not going to get full service time. So it may be a a separation issue that uh, goes along with that. But uh, dude, no hugs, no high fives, no spitting. What are they really going to enforce? You know, what if somebody breaks protocol? What are they going to do to enforce that? I'm kind of curious about what's going on here. I mean, your guess is as good as mine. This is, I had a zoom call last night for an AYSO soccer uh, coaches meeting that my daughter plays on. So, and all of these are based on liability to your point. I know um, Avery Bradley opted out with the Lakers and I don't know if that was a family opt-out. He might have somebody comp- compromised in his family, but he didn't want to expose them. So the Lakers, I mean, of course, from a sports perspective, everyone's like, what are the Lakers going to do without Avery Bradley instead of like exploring the <laughs> fact that he's opting out for uh, either family or personal reasons. But yeah, can, we, can we think about the human first? <laughs> that's right. But the AYSO stuff was like, I mean, there was like 20 soccer coaches on here. We typically don't practice during the summer anyway but everybody's been quarantined for so long. They're chomping at the bit to maybe get some practice time and get out of the house. But I'm telling you, I mean, without going through the rigmarole of a, you know, 45 minute hour long AYSO local Southern California phone call. I mean, a player gets injured. You got to throw the mask on and go out on the field. Um, you're supposed to stay eight to 10 feet away while you're doing your practices with the players even, right. Cause they can pass the ball. They don't need to be no high-fiving, no hugging, no, um, I mean, the parents are supposed to, you know, get there, drop the kids off, leave. They can't be there at practice. If it's a game, they can stay, you know, X amount away. Um, Like I said, coaches are supposed to have masks in their pocket so that, you know, from the sideline, if they actually have to talk or, I mean, it almost, you know, you have to have everybody sign a waiver, signing, you know, everything away, their life, everything, if they get it. So again, I think a lot of it boils down to liability. And now take that just from a little, you know, 10-year-old soccer team in Orange County versus, you know, Major League Baseball, which I know that's why the NBA went to Orlando, but take that and extrapolate, you know, the complexity, as you mentioned, with service time, contracts. Um, If you opt out because of your personal reasons or if you opt out because of a family member, how does that affect service time? 40-man rosters, taxi squads, if you are, you know, sick. I mean, I I went out for uh, sushi last week. It was the first time I'd been out um, and been tested at the restaurant. So you, there are some restaurants doing social distancing and they just put a little yeah. temperature thing yep. and they're like, all right, you can be seated over here. I'm like, great. So I just, I mean, there, this raises actually, we've been all excited about getting baseball going and saying they're shooting themselves in the foot. What are they doing? And now, yes, there's going to be a 60 game season. And now we're going to talk about the things that we probably should have been talking about to kind of get it rolling because I mean, I have more questions now, even since this podcast answered and you or, uh, started, then uh, I have more questions and answers since you brought up the topic of, you know, all of those things. 
Yeah, and I believe that every major league team now has that 100-page uh, pro health protocol pamphlet, and they are going through it and trying to, you know, how are they going to implement this? I know that, you know, are there going to be varying levels of, man, I think the number is 150 people that can be in a stadium on game day. So, you know, who qualifies for that and how much contact do they have? I know as a broadcaster, we're not going to get much contact no matter what. I think that if we end up do calling games from the home location, say the Astros are at Minute Maid Park and we're calling games, they allow us to call games from Minute Maid Park. I guarantee you, I, I don't even know if they're, where they're going to let us park, if they're going to let us even near the players. We may have to park in a separate lot and take a separate entrance to get to our booth and that'll be it. We'll have one way in, one way out and that'll limit contact because that's the whole key. You know, I think, you know, what this really, you know, brought to our attention is COVID-19 is real. And this is something that they have to work around. It's just how do we work inside the environment that is going to have a COVID-19 in it? And there's going to be certain protocols and everything is to protect the players because who ultimately is making the biggest sacrifice to go out there and get the baseball season or the NBA season or potentially the NFL season or even the, the umpire that's going right. No, you, you know, yeah, whatever. I'm joking. No, I'm just kidding. But no, you're right though. The umpires, some of those guys and coaching staffs are going to be at the risk because they're 70 plus years old as far as Dusty Baker is concerned or Brent Strom, uh, Joe West, you know, these guys are going to be in Joe positions West. where they're going to be at high risk. <laughs> or as I like I to call I can't believe him, he's still, I thought he retired last year, but geez. Yeah, Joe, Joe West Directional. Yeah, but Joe Directional has got, I mean, he's got a target on his back as far as COVID's concerned and as far exactly. as, you know, what we know. So players, umpires, and staff are the ones that are at highest risk. So it's a matter of protecting them and keeping them safe as we try and get through this. Um, you know, some of the rule changes are going to be, you know, they're going to remove the, pl the position player pitching. Uh, they're they're going to remove that rule and allow those guys to go out there and pitch. It's going to be a 30-man roster to start the season. After two weeks, you cut it down to 28. After four weeks, you cut it down to 26. There is going to be a trade deadline. I thought this was fascinating. They're going to actually have a trade deadline on August 31st. So if your team immediately takes a dump and they're out of it immediately, maybe you jettison some payroll. Maybe you jettison some guys or you're able to pick them up and make your chances a little bit better down the stretch uh, for that last month. Uh, they're going to open up. This is the big one for me. As far as, you know, if you ignore, if you take all the COVID out of it and we talk strictly baseball, rosters are going to be opened up on Friday. This Friday, what is that? The 20, 23rd, 20, I don't 26. know what it is. 26th. So Friday at noon, rosters open up and they've been locked for the longest time. Now, if you open these things up and you're a team that doesn't feel that you're going to do any damage in 60 games and you want to cut payroll as an owner, guess what? I'm making a phone call or I'm sending out something on the AP that says, Hey, my roster's available. Anybody wants anybody, come get them. And all of a sudden, yeah. you're going to see some serious roster movement, whether it be releases, whether it be trades, uh, you know, signings and things like that. That's going to be very interesting to me to see how these rosters kind of shuffle out initially starting Friday and then August 31st because, I mean, we're in a dead sprint to the end of the season now, man. Well, that's what's going to make it really exciting. So take yeah. COVID out of it is we talked about a short season, how that's going to affect. I mean, I, I saw the Yankees and the Dodgers as a favorite for the World Series, right? Yep. rightfully so. You can add the Red Sox and maybe the Astros in there. And the funny thing is they keep talking about the asterisks over the season. 
I mean, wouldn't it be great to have a trade deadline on August 31st? You trade all these guys, move payroll, and then next season, it's like, all right, that was an asterisk. You can give all the guys back now, right? Like, <laughs> it, it's I'm joking, but it's like a chess game because, as you said, 60 games. I really think it is, too. Yeah, I, I saw a post last night. You're a Padre guy. Um, you get on uh, the radio down there quite a bit. Um, they basically said, hey, 60 games left in the season. The Padres are tied for first place. And I just thought that was a – just a great line, right? Everybody, this that's how you is a look mad at it. Yeah. Sprint. So they're basically 102 games into the season <laughs> and they're dead <laughs> even with everybody else. Um, obviously, there's a, you know, a tinge of tongue in cheek there. But yeah, I mean, everybody's equal with 60 games to go. And as you said, it'll, it'll give you a lot of insight into who's in for the competitive piece, who's in it for the payroll, who's in it like to cut bait. Um, and the most disappointing thing that I saw yesterday was that the Giants are rumored to be very interested in Yasiel Puig and, uh, you know, the clubhouse guy that he is. So, um, yeah, I mean, as you said, not just the roster freeze with 40-man roster guys and where they can shuffle, but there are some free agents like Puig and some other guys out there that could probably help a team, especially in a 60-game sprint. Um, and I think, you know, I think most likely, we've talked about this a little, is that uh, it will come to fruition that the – there'll be less, um, what do I want to say, less parity or more parity? There's going to be more parity, meaning the better teams are going to go to the top right away. You know, they're going to start out 30 and 10, and if they start out 30 and 10 and another team starts out 10 and 30, I mean, the season's over, right? I mean, maybe that's even too many games. No, I'm with you on that. I I think that's what's going to be most interesting is, you know, if somebody get off to an electric start, say a Kansas City Royals team has a bunch of young guys on it and just explode out of the gate, yeah. Are they going to go out and get a veteran guy that can help them for, you know, the tail end of a couple weeks of a, of a season and then maybe let him go at the end of the season? Um, there's some interesting times ahead. I think what you need to look at, and I'm going to try and take, you know, I'm going to try and take the David Tuttle approach to this and be mm-hmm. optimistic and be excited about what's going on because my initial thought was, oh, great. Okay, well, they finally figured it out. Now we've got a season. Now we've got to figure out COVID. So it's kind of, you know, you want to have that tempered mentality, but if we were to get excited about stuff, it's like what Tuttle is talking about as far as the, the strategics. You know, this is really going to involve – it's going to involve GMs. It's going to involve owners. It's going to involve uh, coaching staffs trying to figure out how they're going to manage to get through the season. We talked about the pitching. I think the Astros are in an interesting position because they have some older veteran starting pitching that wants to go five to seven innings, but they may not be able to for a couple of weeks. You know, and then they have a GM who comes from Tampa Bay that has had – you know, uh, openers, they've done tandem pitching. They've done, you know, they've really been experimental as far as how they handle the pitching staffs. And if you've got a 30-man roster and you've got 15 pitchers, you have a lot of flexibility and creativity to be able to work with Dusty Baker to maybe be a little more imaginative on how you get those guys ramped up and how you protect those guys, but also how you stretch out these pitching staffs in order to maximize their efforts in a quick season. But you've also got to protect – the position players. I think the position players is probably something that's going to be taken for granted because I think there is a high risk for injury with these guys not having a legitimate spring training. I know they've been working out, but they have been working out to the extent that maybe we think, or some guys maybe haven't done anything at all because they've been so pissed off at the negotiation. They're like, oh, oh crap, we got to get ready. And they get ready too quick. Or if they start the season too quick and it's too much blowouts and you miss, you know, you miss, a sixth of the season if you go on the 10-day DL. It's amazing to think about. And then how about this? 
what if somebody wins an ERA title with a sub one ERA? That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. What if somebody yeah. goes out there for 186 at bats and hits 400? Yeah. We could have a 400. That's some of the stuff yeah. that I'm kind of excited about is that, you know, strikeouts yeah. per nine. Somebody could ramp up and all of a sudden have 18 strikeouts per nine innings <laughs> and get crazy. out of the season. But it's going to take a minute. I think it's going to take 186 uh, plate appearances to qualify for a batting title. And I saw an interesting number. Everybody's favorite here in Houston is Cody Bellinger. But he had 189 at-bats to start, I believe, last year and hit 406 or 408 and had 16 home runs. So it's possible. It is possible. And it's funny. I read an article that had the same thing. I keep thinking there'll be less parity. I'm sorry. What did I keep saying? There'll be less parity, meaning the cream will rise to the top quicker. But statistics show that there'll be more parity, meaning everybody's going to be kind of yeah. more level because it's such a short race. So I just feel like those teams are going to end up running away. But to second your point, I think the, the risk for injury is certainly higher after spring training 2.0, especially with pitchers. And, um, and uh, you know, and the records is going to be fascinating, whether you're going to put an asterisk yeah. by it, because there are some records that are impossible, right? Like the home run record isn't going down in the 60-game season. So those <laughs> – those long records are not, but as you said, I mean, do you count it? Ted Williams last guy to bat 400. If somebody bats 400, maybe you have two guys bat 400. Duking it yeah, out. Like, true. That would be a first. Anyway, I just, uh, I think there's a lot to look forward to in regards to that. And as we keep talking about this podcast, live sports is where it's at. Mm-hmm. Um, my question to you, Blummer, is um, this is kind of my one topic du jour, but I just, I love baseball. We've been playing baseball a long time. I just don't know. And maybe coronavirus has kind of dampened everything. I know I'm supposed to be the optimist here. I just, is this a black eye for baseball? Like, is this something that we can't get over? Or is this something that, again, you know, just like the steroid era, just like, you know, maybe even the Astros not having, you know, the garbage can thing and now the Yankees coming out with the sealed paper and as time moves on or Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa, we're looking back now at the home run thing. Like these guys were great. They were so good for baseball. It's like, yeah, but they were both juiced up like crazy. Um, How does this kind of, you know, I know we'll need some time to figure it out, but how does this fit into that scheme of if we get the guys on the field and everybody's playing, are we just all better now? It's all better now. Nope. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to cash in my Blum's Blast card because this go. is kind of what I was going to get to in my little okay. blast towards the end of the podcast. And I'll just get it out of the way now because I think it's a great well, question. We're almost and at I the was, end. Yeah. <laughs> You're on well, vacation, I, I would, dude. We're not going to, you know, go ahead. Yeah, I got to get on the boat, man, and get, you know, yeah. tan me up and lube it yeah, up. That's right. Um, but, uh, and it's kind of ironic that I am here in a, in, a, in a garage where there's sprint cars around me and there's, you know, a speedboat behind me where we're going to just through this season. And that being said, and to your point, I feel like this is a Band-Aid because the way the negotiations have gone freak me out. And they should bring, you know, a little bit of uh, consternation to fans out there, especially those ones who pay attention to what's going on. Because this was not a player issue. This was not an owner issue. This was, you know, a a commissioner. This was everybody. this is, you can't go, that guy was wrong. That guy was right. I feel like this is such a, you know, we kind of got to see what was actually going on. These, these parties are not happy with each other. Even though we're getting on the field, it was not a negotiated deal to get on the field. The owners, owners wanted it their way. The players wanted it their way. And, you know, the players are getting screwed out of some serious salary right now. 
you know, they got $170 million up front when this COVID hit. They're actually going to be paying that back and then getting paid. So they're eventually getting 37% of their salary. So guys making under guys making under a million dollars. I think uh, John Heyman said 42% of the players will earn in these 60 games less than $100,000. So that is something to think about as far as the players and what they're going through. Now the players aren't scot-free on this whole thing because the reason they're taking this pay cut and the reason the negotiations ended up like they did is so they play a grievance for about $900 million when this whole thing is said and done. That's going to be another issue. That's going to lead into 2021 at the end of the season when they have to negotiate a new CBA. And that's why I feel like this is a black eye. This is a Band-Aid that they're trying to cover up what's actually going on. So hopefully for a month and a half, two months, we, three months if you get into the playoffs, we can watch some Greeks and we can get guys back into understanding how important the game is. But when we get to 2021 full season, there's going to be a lot of contention between them. There's going to be ongoing negotiations throughout the course of that season too. And that's where I am, I'm a little concerned. I'm, I'm actually a lot concerned, to be honest with you, because as ugly as this was and as, you know, this affected everybody from the field to front offices to broadcasters to fans as far as what's going on. So, I, yes, I do believe this is a black eye. That's the long answer, I know, but those are some of the points I wanted to get in is that, you know, it's, it's the owners, it's the players, it's the commissioner, it's everybody involved in this situation that are causing this black eye. And this 60-game season – with a normal playoff system, nothing expanded, is just a Band-Aid on what's going to be ripped off about middle of 2021, and we're going to go through this process again. That's where I'm concerned. You know, lipstick on a pig. You know, I, I think we're, we're trying to constantly talk about um, – you and I have brought up being parents before on this podcast maybe more than once or twice. But, uh, you know, you want to raise them to have, like, you know, good morals and good values and to kind of approach things maybe – even when you're offended or even when you're um, prodded to handle things in a, in a, um, uh, either a professional or a, a, a polite manner, um, because you don't really know um, where people stand and how things are going. And I think uh, you and I being former players, I was always kind of on the player side. I mean, you know, and you think about these guys that finally made the big leagues, and they're going to get paid less than $100,000. I mean, that's, you know, what I got paid in AAA. Yay. Um, and now, <laughs> granted, that was for a full season. But, you know, you fight your whole life to get to the big leagues. And you get service time, which is, you know, again, service time and all those things that, that come huge. up in contract year. So, you know, you're, you're giving and taking. But in that give and take, what happens is, and this happens in football as well, when we see that, the superstars will always get paid. Like, those guys are not going to suffer. So your Bregmans, your Trouts, you know, those guys. Sure, cool. but then, Stamp, yeah. yeah, yeah, all those guys. But the guys that are fringe guys, the guys that are only going to get a year and a half of service time, the guys that are, you know, they're just not going to get a payday. And, you know, yet let's blame some of that on the coronavirus because the owners are taking a hit. Um, people have been furloughed in their jobs. You know, the stadium workers are taking a hit. So everybody takes a hit. But because this is such a finite amount of time, um, to be, you know, highly skilled in your profession and then it goes away at some point or, you know, you get too old or too injured or, you know, any other factor that happens there. It's, it's gotta be a little bit disheartening, especially for those type of guys like the, the, you know, the end of the bullpen guy or the utility guy that kind of gets 
you know, somebody that signed 14 one-year contracts or however it goes. Um, yes, the service time is great, but it's really challenging to show your, show your stuff, prove yourself, and then, you know, I guess swallow the pill that you're going to make, you know, $80,000 here in 60 games or $85,000, which, uh, you know, again, we're not really talking about how relative that is to everybody else. Mm -hmm. We just talk about in the market of a professional athlete, you're not going to be driving a Bentley if you make $85,000 in, you know, a three or four month period. And I just think that's the part, as you said, so I've been pro player my whole life, I feel like, and we know that the owners, I brought it up on last podcast, you know, when they unionized and Marvin Miller gave the players a lot of power and mm -hmm. um, at least some negotiating power. We are now in this position where, you know, I don't know if I can be completely on the side of the players because they're acting like spoiled children. And then the owners are acting like spoiled children as well. And now, you know, nobody's happy with either side. You know, you got to kind of take sides like our political system. And even though you might stand over here on this belief, you're kind of like, eh, you know, I don't really like the way you're behaving, but I guess if I have to draw a line, I got to stand over here. And I think that's probably where both of us sit, which is, you know, yeah, we're on the player's side, but man, they're just, you know, the whole, you know, everybody's digging the hole. So that lipstick on a pig analogy, or as you said, you're just putting a bandaid on it for now. I, I kind of think there, there are definitely going to be some long-term effects from a negotiation standpoint and collective bargaining, yeah. but we'll have to see if those effects will now, you know, go to in a couple of years, attendance and behaviors of the fans and, you know, all of that. Yeah. No, those are excellent points because that is ultimately the ones that pay the price are the fans and they're the ones that are actually ultimately you know, press to make that decision. Which side do I stand on? Do I put my money into season tickets and show up to the ballpark? Do I put my money into buying the, you know, the, the extra innings package so I can watch every out of market game, you know, and geez, you know, for, for God's sakes, it would be great if the MLB would just lift every blackout uh, rule that they have this year and just let everybody watch as many baseball games as they can, because right now, they need to brand. They need to bring the product back. Even though this is a Band-Aid, you need to sell your product. You know that everybody's pissed off at owners and players for negotiating over millions and billions, whatever dollar amount it is. And now you've got to explain why these guys are arguing about the money because they, because they want to be on the field, because they feel that their product is one of the best. Now you need to go out there and prove it. And that kind of brings up something I want to talk to you about is some of the rule changes are very interesting. We talked about the playoff format is, is going to stay the same. The rosters are going to be expanded. We talked about the strategy on that. The universal DH is going to be throughout the American League and National League for just this year. I think that's something that should be implemented moving forward, period. I know you're a pitcher who maybe likes pitchers hitting, but I love the DH, and I think it should be something that goes out there, and I think it helps players because it Dude, opens up 15 just, more positions. Keep your thought there, but no. I mean, the first time AAA and AA when we played other National League teams. Oh, I, I love it. Hit. You got stories. <laughs> Dude, good. the first time I stood up there and some guy was throwing 94, you know, with a little cutter, I was like, what am I doing here? This is my job is over there to throw in, <laughs> you know. The funny thing is, I don't know why people found it so easy to hit off me when I stood in that box. I was like, I could barely see this white little pill coming in. So, again, practice makes perfect. But, man, yeah, the first time. Gosh, Love I, it. I should remember the guy's name. He pitched the big league. But there's probably sport. more guys that feel the way you do yeah. about hitting. Because, I mean, you see a guy like Charlie Morton's a guy that sticks out for me who, like, he literally was like, I never, I don't want to hit ever again. And would stand in the yeah. back of the box and just waste the at bat. 
Well, just think about it this way, and we can get into story time later. Um, but we we uh, think about practicing all the time. What do you do in spring training? You get catcher, you throw your innings, you work on that. And, you know, you're, where do you stand on the rubber? And how do you hold the ball? And you're working on fine-tuning your mechanics and building your arm strength and staying in shape. And then they're like, all right, hey, you're batting ninth. Get in there, you know, and square around and bunt. And the guy's throwing 95, and you're like, you haven't practiced that at all. And I know we practiced, the, you know, pitcher's BP, woohoo, Or you'd go in and hit, <laughs> uh, you know, hit off the machine a little bit or take some T work. But that was always kind of secondary because the way you were going to, you know, make a living and the way you were going to kind of progress up the ladder was to get on the mound and do your job. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I would think that many pitchers feel the way I do because, you know, I, I mean, there are guys always exceptions to the rule. Like, you know, I felt like I was a decent hitter, oh, yeah. but man, when you take five years off of hitting and you know, you're an A ball and double A, <laughs> and then you finally get to triple A in the big leagues, you know, you're, you have to bat. It's, you know, it's no, it's no, uh, I don't know. It's no fun. Put it that way. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, it's something you actually have to work on and some, some pitchers love it. Some pitchers don't, but I, I would, I would say, you know, for the most part, even if you were going to take like a low end percentage, I think 75% of pitchers that go out there absolutely despise having to get in that box. I mean, it's just one more, it's one more thing you have to do. It's one more, you know, for some guys, it's humiliating. For other guys, they don't want it on the back of their baseball card or on their baseball reference page. But, uh, right. you know, at least 75% of those guys do not want to be in that box. And then, again, right. you're, you're, you know, the bunt throws away an out. So that's one less out. And if you think about it, you know, that pitcher spot comes up four times in the game and you go from outs to 23 outs that you're working with yeah. to try and win a ball game, you know, so you're kind of limiting yourself in that sense. Well, but well, I love even the fact more that you so, brought it up and, and admitted to it. Yeah, well, we yeah, thank you. But we, I even more so think about what we talked about with Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire and what they did getting out of you know kind of this doldrums, the strike of '94, the the lockout in 1994. The the what do, what do fans want to see? You know, I mean, you know, chicks dig the long ball. I think we've heard dig? that somewhere. Chick chicks <laughs> dig the long ball, right? So I mean, it's why would you want to go watch a pitcher like square around and bunt and, you know, pull his hamstring running down first base when you could actually have a DH or a hitter in there. I mean, we've already talked about having the extra innings decided by a home run derby. I mean, if we want to endear the fans to the game and kind of bring people back, let's, let's have more hitters, you know, professional hitters uh, in, in the game. I mean that anyway, I cut you off in the middle of your list, but that was a really important one, which is what's wrong with having a universal DH nothing in my opinion and that's spoken from a pitcher who appreciates the national league game no that's great stuff and you actually as i go get another beer is you bring up a good uh you talked about the extra innings we talked about the home run derby that justin turner brought up and they've actually adjusted what the uh, extra innings are going to look like in this 2020 season is instead of going to the home run derby, which I would absolutely love to see, just guys hitting bombs, like you said, chicks dig the long ball. <laughs> but how about uh, they're going to go and they're going to use, and you're a pitcher now, and they're going to go to a system that has a runner at second base, nobody out to start extra innings, starting in the 10th inning. And the reason they're doing this is because they want to limit uh, extra inning games. They don't want to have the 15, 18 inning games where you're blowing out your roster, you're blowing out your pitching staffs, they want to be able to limit that, uh, that uh, extra inning situation so you don't use as many position players or as many pitchers, and that will help you get through the season. 
how do you feel about that? I'm kind of intrigued by it. I want to see how it works out because in so many podcasts that I've had with you and we've talked about the possibility of some of these rule changes, we're trying to, we're trying to rebrand, we're trying to bring more fans in, we're trying to create uh, intrigue. But at the same time, I feel like this 2020 season with this rule right here makes it a little bit of a guinea pig situation where you kind of test it out, see how it goes. And if it, and if fans like it, you never know. You may see it down the road in, in, a, in a further season. I have two things. One is who gets the earned run credit if they start the guy on second base? Like, that's a huge issue for me because, man, my ERA, that's the only thing that's important. I'm, I'm joking, tongue-in-cheek again, but I do no, not want that ERA No, but it goes for your ERA contract, climate. your money. Um, if you start beyond the 10th inning with a runner on second base, man on second, nobody out, I mean – all I can envision, and I'm not a manager, is square around, bump the guy to third. Now you got one out man on third, and then send up a guy and hits a sack fly and game over. And everyone's like, yay, game's over. And you're like, that is the most boring way to end the game instead of, you know, <laughs> right? Wouldn't every manager yep. bunt there? Wouldn't you just go, it yeah. doesn't matter who's uh, pitching? No. There's an is- interesting caveat to that whole thing is the runner oh, on okay. second That's base. That's what I'm will- asking. Yeah, he will be the last, the guy who made the last out the inning prior. So it could be your catcher, it could be your your tank of a DH, yeah. it could be whatever, but it's going to be the guy who made the last out of the last inning will be the runner in second base. But you're right, if you give up one out, you have two outs to drive the guy in from third, you know, it just increases with a runner at third base less than two outs. Yeah, but, strategy, but you can again, still be- bunt him over, I guess is my point. No, if you know uh, you have your the guy that's leading off, maybe it's your your two hole, you know, well shoot, maybe it's your nine hole, and you've got mm-hmm. George Springer hitting uh, leadoff. Man, you better bet sure as hell I'm going to lay down that bunt. And I, even if he doesn't get over, I've still got a great shot with George Springer and a guy in scoring position. But if you move exactly. into third and George is hitting, psh, yeah. let's let's party. That's what I'm saying. And, and so my point is uh, we want it to be exciting. And I like the home run derby aspect. All I can see is if I'm a manager and I want to win games, I almost don't care if it's my nine, one, two, three, four. I mean, obviously the speed of the runner matters, but I'm like, even if I got my leadoff guy on second base, I'm like, scat him over to third. Now it's one out man on third. He can score on a pass ball, wild pitch. He can score on a ground ball to second, you know, a diving ground ball to second in the yeah. hole. Like, Anyway, it just it just kind of limits, I guess. So, as you said, it's an experiment. Maybe the whole year has an asterisk. And, you know, we have two guys batting 400, and the Padres are in first place, and the Giants are in first place. Given the Dodgers a run for their money with about 10 games to go, obviously that would make it exciting. So It would be. And you know what? I mean, now that I think about it with you uh, kind of coming up with the idea of sacrificing the guy over, if you had, the first two weeks we talked about 30-man rosters. Why wouldn't you have a couple of burners on the back end of your bench? And if you have, say you have your catcher at second base who doesn't run very well, timeout, I want a pinch runner. I'm going to put my speed guy out there. And all of a sudden, it's the whole different ball game. So, I mean, advantage really goes towards that visiting team. I mean, I know that the home team's going to get their, get their guy. And but that, if you yeah. get out of that top part – yeah, if you get out of that top part of the inning and you're hitting at home – you can walk them off with a sack bunt and a ground ball or a pop sack fly. Why not? Yeah. You know, so and oh, another important note about the uh, extra inning rule. Once you get to the playoffs, no more. You go right back to the way normal baseball is played. Hmm. Interesting. So that'll be interesting. 
Um, I know I've got a bunch of other stuff, but a lot of it's under, unconfirmed. I think that uh, this is going to be a very interesting 2020 season. Uh, when the, the team is on the road, I think signs are pointing to myself, Todd Callis, and Julia Morales broadcasting from uh, our studio. Uh, one thing I can confirm that uh, I have heard is that Bleacher Blums will continue to go on no matter what's going on or who has COVID because uh, our protocol is a little more, a little more suited for the COVID era, be, be, being that you are in California and I am in Houston. So yeah, well, right now you're in Lake Havasu and we got to tighten up that Wi-Fi connection. And staying everybody else at home. I, I know that's what I kind of feel too, is that uh, maybe the beer is getting in the way of the, the uh, connection that we do have, but it's great to get on with you and actually be able to do this. I know we kind of blew through some of this stuff, but I'm hoping that by the time we talk again, we will have some, we will have hopefully a schedule, which will be interesting to talk about because it sounds yep. like you're going to have your Carlos Correa, Cody Bellinger matchup, which I cannot freaking wait for and fights are going to be prohibited. So who's going to throw at who? But that Dodger-Astros matchup, I don't care who's watching, is going to be freaking awesome. And then the Astros are going to play a majority of their games within the division, which we already talked about, Tuttle. You like the idea of finding out who goes to the playoffs by playing within your division, man. I do. And, and we should, right? I mean, I think that, that every year, even in the NFL, they talk about, like, are you playing this division or that division? It's so great in the NFL where they have two games in division, one home, one away. Um, yeah. it always makes it worthwhile. And I think the same thing for baseball, let's play the teams in our division instead of beating up on the, you know, kind of on the weaker links. And you mentioned the Royals, you know, the Brewers, I don't know the changes they made, but the Brewers are always, I think, you know, they're kind of that dark horse in the middle. Like they, they, if they're pitching for, you know, they don't have the five starters deep, but if they can turn one of their four or five starters, the guys all throw 98 turn them into bullpen guys or long guys. And all of a sudden you got the Brewers in the mix as well. Brewers, twins, those teams. And I know they don't really um, typically come up in terms of, you know, the powerhouses, Astros, Dodgers, Yankees, Red Sox. But um, yeah, I think like you said, we're going to have a lot more to talk about as they shape up kind of the particulars of the season. There's a lot to look forward to from a, like you said, just from a sports junkie and a baseball enthusiast. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, we can't keep dealing in hypotheticals. So I think next week uh, when you're back in the uh, home studio, we're going to have a lot more, a lot more concrete information that we can, uh, that we can disseminate. Yeah. Until then, I'm going to be out on the lake here in Havasu and I'm going to be trying to get the same complexion as my uh, partner, Todd Callis, who is a native Hawaiian, you know, and he's got this beautiful olive skin, but I don't think I'll ever get achieve his status because this, this, uh, this gringo right here, has a tendency to burn a little bit too quick and uh, and yep. flame out. But uh, I'm going to do my best to hang in there. Great talking with you, Tuttle. We got some excitement. We got to talk baseball. Um, I'm going to let you close this thing out because I'm going to finish off my brewski, and I'm going right. to dream about being behind that boat going about 150. No, just kidding. I'm no. only probably not going to go behind any boats. I'm too. You're late. just going to lay on a pontoon and drink beer. Don't 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 spoil our dreams of what your vacation looks like. No. Yeah, I, uh, no, so all I'm going to do is try and get this mohawk going too, oh, man. Yeah. I want to apologize to everyone that your Wi-Fi is uh, drinking beer as well because your Wi-Fi is getting a little wonky. And uh, again, we want to shout out to the first responders, military, everybody that's out there. Apparently, uh, this COVID thing is going to stick around a little bit longer. So we have to take some precautions, be healthy. Um, and uh, again, always a shout out. Fourth of July is coming up. 
Uh, we want to celebrate our independence and hopefully we can do that with our neighbors. Um, yeah, very soon. I know Blummer, you're just cranking, man. I, it's too early over here for me to have a beard in the work week as well, but, uh, maybe tonight I'll, uh, I'll raise a glass to you and, uh, I'm in the same time we, zone, buddy. Uh, yeah, but see, <laughs> that's my argument. Always. That's the only way, you know, you're on vacation. I'm just saying it's too early in the work week. It's not too early in the day, <laughs> but I, if Good point. I always I know I'm I on vacation because I always know I'm on vacation because the first beer comes before noon. That's the most important part. <laughs> it is. And I'm like, what's the difference? Well, it must be vacation. It goes 11 o'clock, beer. Anyway, uh, so again, shout out first responders, um, you know, our emergency personnel, military, everybody that uh, listens to the podcast. We're very grateful for you. Um, our YouTube subscribers, as you already mentioned, is up over 10,000. So check us out at the Social Nostra Network. We always have to give a shout out to Just Geek It. That's the guy that built our website, Just Geek It Solutions, um, and Crush City Tees, T-E-E-S dot com, for the H dot com. Look at this. I sound like a, a pitch man. And then, you of course, good. yeah, of course, we want to uh, encourage everybody, especially Blummer, who's on now at least beer three on this podcast. We don't know how many he had prior and how many he's going to have after to get after it and believe it.